Hey there, welcome travelers back to the Ion Forge. I am your Forge Master as always, Ian Mays, and with me is my trusty blacksmith, Damian Edmonds. Yeah, first and last thing, that's right. Yeah, I wanted to make it formal. No. <laughs> it's a lot. They can find you on Facebook, brother. They're going to figure it out. I need to delete that shit. Anyway, we're back with a part two. Ah, man, part two of Blades in the Dark. I love this. We get to talk about the campaign today. We get to talk about stupid fucked up plans. And we also have the pleasure and joy of once again having our special guest star. Christopher Rocher. Mr. Christopher Rocher. A.K.A. Chris Rouch. Yeah, see, they made the mistake of inviting me back, so I just lived in the walls until we did this again. That's what I do. <laughs> we fed him oatmeal through a little hole in the wall. It's like, That's true. Fat free. Here's your steel cut oats. Enjoy. Or don't, whichever you're stuck here. Mm. Hey, you can live a long while on oats. A little bit more vehicle activity on my road today. Still hot in the garage, too. Still hot. Wasn't going to get less hot. Yeah, we're on the upswing. Campaign! It's just so miserable. I want to be excited. I'm so hot. You can be excited and hot. But being excited generates more heat. That's just, that's a scientific fact. But I hope you can find some sort of energy, because we're talking about the stuff that you and you <laughs> and I have been working together on. This campaign that we started a while back. Um, this campaign is a love letter to the dark part of my heart. <laughs> this is just weird. You sound like the guy from the Brothers Grimm who tried to curse the witch. Me? Oh. Or he was like, oh, take this curse from the dark corners of my heart. What? Yeah, I mean, you know, sometimes Finch can be poetic. Yeah, you gotta remember, he's playing a whisperer. Why wouldn't he be that character? Yeah, yeah. That'd be funny as shit. Just you got two in a tune. Everything else goes into consort and sway, so you could just talk shit. Yeah, why not? Yeah. Uh, ooh. Ooh, man. And edit. That pinged a little bit. But yeah, campaign. I jumped into late on this one. Yeah, Sad. we're both. We're, we're just gonna get straight into it. We're not even gonna. Not even gonna shoot the shit so much at the beginning of this because there's so much goodness. It, it'll it'll end up going an hour and twenty minutes like the last one, which probably was a little bit longer than an hour and twenty minutes. But you know, come say come saw. And it's previously established when it comes to the campaign, I like to take my time. Yeah, I mean, I think that we said screw how much time we take last episode, and even even the episode before that. We, well, I think we're kind of getting like. Yeah, we wanted like 45 minutes of 60-minute episodes. But well, we're getting what you get. I'm thinking that we're going more like 90-minute episodes. That is... that is, Which is fine. You know, it'll slowly work people into when we start actually doing the live plays. Yeah, I was about to say, that is very consistent with uh, tabletop games in general. They take longer than you expect. Exactly. But uh, since we are going into the campaign, uh, a little uh, reminder, a little shout-out back to that role-play campaign that I mentioned in the previous episode. I drew yes. a lot of inspiration from that campaign for this. And I know nothing of it other than what he's put in our campaign currently. Which, at this point, feel free to watch it if you wish. Yeah? Yeah, we're past the part where I've kind of included things. Okay, well, definitely definitely like send me a message. We'll do, yeah, I'll send you a link. Yeah, yeah, do that. But 
thing that I drew a lot of inspiration from is I really liked the way that it was set up originally. I liked how they had a person sort of offer the, or bring the crew together and offer them a job. Mm-hmm. So that the players have time to get acclimated to the world, get invested in what's going on in the city, instead of just, yeah, a traditional, you meet in a tavern, what do you want to do? Because that's, that's stupid. You have no idea what you want to do. I mean, cliche, if done, if done right, can be fun, but yes, cliche. It has its, it has its issues, so. So, so that's where, that's where you draw, drew the, uh, inspiration for how we all ended up get, getting brought together. Yes, that's where I, uh. Very similar beginnings to, uh, the campaigns are very similar beginnings. The crew is brought together by a lady, Irmina Kinclaith. She's from a previously one substantial noble house that has fallen on some rough times. That's our patron. That gives us special shit. Yeah, she eventually became your guys' patron. Which, as assassins, you get you can pick a patron that lowers the cost it takes to level up the crew. Which was it? Did she become the crew's patron after the first mission? Or yeah, because it, it was the, after I got because in. I I wasn't there for the first mission. Either. Me neither. Yeah, no, but, it was it was a couple because you have to get a uh, upgrade. You have to advance the crew gotcha. to get a special ability. Because we gotcha. didn't we didn't get her until after the party. Because the party was well, one. No, I didn't. no, we had her before the party because she was pissed at us after the party. She was she was your patron before the party. Yes. So, um, Which we'll get we'll get to the party. Yes, but, I um, believe it was after the second job. But Finch originally thought that he was going to be infatuated with her, but it wasn't just her. What do you mean? Of course, it was her. Yeah, it was her. Capital H, her. Capital H, her. Uh, so yeah, the crew brought together by Irmina uh, Kingclaith. You are uh, brought to her manor, or the what's left of her manor, and uh, received letters that brought you in hold of a job. Um, she brought the crew together, helped uh, sort of establish what the crew would later become uh, through her influence. At the time, neither of you were there. The players that were available were uh, Copper, Josh playing Copper, Kim playing Ryson. Matt playing Ace, and Nick playing Mirage. That was the original crew. Their job was to see to the assassination of one Magistrate Jeverick Dunville. Uh, Information that was given was that um, he had press false claims against the family uh, and charged them guilty of several crimes which had helped bring about their downfall. Uh, he was stationed out of Charter Hall, and um, the crew decided that instead of trying to track him down to other places that he might go, just go to Charter Hall and kill him while he's while he's there doing what he does. So they infiltrated his manor, and while he was having tea time in his parlor, some of them had snuck into the building and proceeded to stab and choke him. And it was right at the time that Copper had given that a shot would be going out. So as he's being stabbed and choked, a shot rings out through the city as a sniper rifle round flies through the window and shoots him in the chest. So this is all great stuff because I wasn't here for that one. Yeah, me either. Yeah, I was going to say you weren't either. Uh, With all this ruckus, the uh, guards came to investigate and after beating a hasty escape out of the manor, um, the crew... Saw its first successful score, which we we didn't even we didn't even bring up the crew who who the players are and everything. 
Do we want to bring him up for this episode? We 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 yeah we should. I mean, we're okay, talking I about the campaign. Bring him up we, might as well, we might as well we might as well speak on the characters. I mean, granted, so Finch comes in on the next job, and then I believe it's the job after that that uh, Obscure and Hammer come in. Yeah, yeah. that is correct. Um, but as far as players go, uh, going back to the playbooks, we have Hammer, who's our cutter. Played yes, by Tree. Which is played by Mr. Tree. He is just the shit brick house with a big ass sword. We have the better sword now. He wrecks shit. I love it. I, Finch doesn't have to lift a fucking finger to like, mm, this door won't open. <laughs> Thank I, you, Hammer. I love the fact that for the people who are using specific items, I'm able to acquire them because of contacts. It's great. So you said, you're about as much of a spider as a slide can be. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, the next are the Hounds, Ace and Copper. Ace is played by my brother, Matt. Matt Rocher. Rocher. Uh, Copper is played by our friend, Josh. Which Ace is, even though, even though they're Hounds, and this is what we're saying about being able to, like, kind of cross over into other aspects of other playbooks, Ace is a Hound, but he decided, you know what? All hail Sitara, and I'm gonna start a cult. So he's got a cult, and he's starting to do resolvey things and attuny things, I don't know if I'd call it a cult yet. You know, he's got—he's literally no, got cultists. He's got a gang. He's yeah. got a cult gang. He's got 12 people following him. He's yeah. got a hey, following. A cult doesn't need to be a certain size. It just and, needs to be a cult. And he's Tykerosi, right? He is. Yeah, yeah Tree was Scovelander. Ace is a Tykerosi. Hey, so is Copper. So Cop- is Copper. Copper yeah. is... Our two hounds are both Tykerosi. Yes, they are. And Copper, the whispers. Copper uh, Josh plays Copper, and he goes more of the... Uh, Sharpshooter. The German uh, militaristic uh, styling as far as his outfits. Uh, more of like the, the uh, black SS kind of uniform, I think, is what he does whenever we go on mission. But yeah, Copper... Um, he looks like the assassin from How- from Hellboy. Yeah, he does. That is a good... I like I like saying that he he looks like a German SS officer, but yeah, uh, because like. in the world that I have established, the Imperial military is there. He's out, a Nazi. Their uniforms are very yeah, very clean, very like stark, like almost like the very stylish sort of Nazi officer uniforms. That We're not look, Nazis, we swear, but, but goddamn, God do they have some fashion sense. Yeah, I forget which uh, designer it was that made him, but it was like a famous designer. I forget which one it was. Yeah. Louis Stalin? <laughs> but uh, that covers the hounds. We At this point, we which had... also, you gotta throw out, the hounds have their own little pets. That is one great thing about a hound. It's like, oh, I get a cohort that's yeah. a Copper, expert. Copper's definitely our eye in the sky with Corvus. Yeah, yeah, he's got Corvus, nice little white crow. And then Ace has his nosy-ass little sugar glider. <laughs> Motherfucker's everywhere. He's everywhere. He's small and likes to tuck himself in. Yeah, he's the reason that Ace knows that Finch made a deal with a demon. No. No. I mean, everybody knows it now, but I'm saying, like, he witnessed it. He witnessed it. But uh, next is our leech. Uh, it's Ryson, being yep. played by Don. No, that was Sorry, Kim. Kim, that was my Kim. Bad. Yeah, gotta go ahead and cut that. <laughs> yeah. No. So next is our lead played by Kim, called Ryson. She was available, or she was there on the first mission. First two, I think. I think she was first there three. for the second one. Also, she wasn't there for the. Uh, she was there the when ball. I got there. Was she? Yeah. Huh. She she was there for the first couple, and then showed up for a later mission. Yeah, gotcha. I forget which one. Gotcha. Once we get there, I might remember. Yeah. 
Next is our Lurk Mirage, played by my brother Nick. Nick Rocher. Then, it's it's uh, canon. It's, yeah, it's canon? Alright. Speaking I'm of canons, Hammer had a good one. He had the Yetus Deletus. You did. And I held it for Thank you. Thank you, Copper. Shout out. We'll get there. Uh, next are it. our slides, Obscure and Gigi. Obscure is played by my good friend Demon here. And Gigi is played by my mom. Melissa Rocher. Yeah. The good stuff. Mama Missa being the cute and bubbly Gigi. Finch has no opinion right now. <laughs> we'll, say, we'll say that. Love you, Mama Missa. Obscure finds her funny. She's she's different, and Finch takes time to adjust to different. And very useful for Obscure. That, that I was going to say that helps, but... Yeah. Next is our spider, Uncle Ted, played by our friend Ryan. Yes, which, you know, love to get him back at the table for another uh, session. He's got some downtimes to do. Quite a few at this point. Yeah. And then finally, our whispers, Finch Index. Finch played by our Forge Master here. That's me. I'm the Forge Master. And next played by our friend Don. He's done. He's she done. has she has like a demon wolf, doesn't she? She does. She picked up the uh, hound special ability to get a ghost hunting animal. And you know the funny part about Obscure and his veteran playbooks? He can talk to Moros too. <laughs> like yeah, Blake Black I, Speech lets you talk to animals as well. Yeah, I can talk to demons, ghosts, animals. I made the guy who talks to people talk to everyone. <laughs> That's pretty powerful. It's pretty I've, potent. My whole thing was I can sway anyone because they're all like a regular human. They're not even an agitated human. Yeah. Um, Nyx, she she does, so happy. She she does the attuned thing like mo- like most whispers do. I will say that she that I that I will call it out. I was the first whisper and I had <laughs> I had compel first. And it, it's funny because when Dawn came in with that character uh, Nyx, that was her first ability. I'm like, you son of a bitch. That's my shtick. She has established herself a nice a nice niche, though. You focused yeah. more on the, like, uh, tinkering sort of uh, yeah, arcane did. nature of it. She's Yours got are... more finesse. Well, I haven't got to the arcane tinkering just yet. I ended up, well, because of a mission that you, something that I found, it ended up, my, my Finch's focus kind of shifted a little bit. Well, but... Yeah, that's kind of how Obscure Season now is. Finch goes more towards the demonic, and she stays with the spiritual. So you got both of those covered with the two whispers we got, because she'll go for ghosts, and you're still dealing with your demons. And that's not me trying, and this isn't me trying to just be like, well, no, I do everything, I do it all, because originally that's how Finch started, was all to the spiritual, attuning yeah. to the ghost field, compelling the ghosts. That's what I'm saying, is you found that niche that went, oh, here's that track, and then you took it and the, ran with it. The demons just helped give me more power. Yeah, I can't imagine what that's like. <laughs> Well, so as previously said, uh, the first job was Copper, Ryson, Ace, and Mirage. Yes. And with that successful first mission, Kinclaith, uh, Lady Kinclaith was happy to continue to offer scores to the crew, which led into our second job, which saw the addition of Finch to the party. Yeah, which how we played that was that Copper actually knew Finch, because Finch's backstory is that he... Uh, he lived in the sewers, essentially. His ally is Quellen, in which that is amplified. So Quellen is essentially a, a witch within the city. She's a whisper, but uh, she's a mother figure, kind of, to uh, 
to Finch because he was orphaned, we'll say. Um, and think, uh, think the, uh, hooded proprietor. I mean, that's, and which is crazy because that's also, that was Finch's, uh, vice den was the hooded proprietor, but that was essentially how I built him to look was he had the hooded trench coat, uh, except he had like just a huge pack on his back with like vials and other of his equipment for ghost hunting. Oh, you mean the uh, merchant from Resident Evil 4? Yes. Okay. Yeah. That was who I was originally kind of building him to look like. And then Finch always wears what's called a spirit mask. Uh, spirit masks help you in this world to not get so much attention from, you know, the uh, other side. And Finch, it, even though it's faux pas, Finch has never taken off his mask in front of the crew or anybody else. Well, the funny part is, like, for Quellen being one of your amplified contacts, I do love the fact that there's a nice little pool of contacts for people. Mm-hmm. And for each individual playbook, they're different. Yeah, because uh, Quellen definitely helped us out on a uh, mission or two. I think I pulled on some assets from her. Yeah, like, one of them for, I think, the Whispers says Skurlock is a, like, elder vampire or some shit. Yeah, he's a, he can either be an ally or a rival, and, uh, I mean, most of the table's pretty much figured it out, so I'll say it, but that's Finch's amplified rival. Yeah, and then you got, in another playbook, it's just, like, a, a noble something. Yeah. It's like, it's nice that two people see the same person completely different. I won't, I won't give everything, but definitely, you know, most of the table knows that Skurlock is the a point of interest, a person of interest to uh, Finch. And what most have probably figured out, because Finch always wore like a old uh, noble's coat underneath his jacket. And what most have figured out now is that Finch, uh, Finch's background is actually noble. But yes, this is where Finch comes in, is job number two, mm-hmm. uh, against a Captain Lorette Colburn. Oh, yeah, that's the Leviathan. That's the, this is Finch's claim to fame. The, yeah. His first, his first session in. First session, best session. <laughs> first session, best session, baby. <laughs> I mean, I can't really disagree, because freaking Hammer and Obscure's first session was their best. They found out some new shit. Yeah, so this first mission, I, I remember we were supposed to go and take out this captain of this Leviathan Hunter to try and and to try and make it look horrific to try and prove that the uh, Leviathan Hunter ship that uh, that she captained was haunted. Yes, because it used to belong to the Kim Clay family, but during their fall from uh, Prestige, uh, they had to liquidate some assets, and Leviathan Hunter ship was one of the more expensive ones that they needed to get rid of. Yeah. So they were... Uh, uh-huh. Oh, well, one. Huh. Well, become a very prominent noble in the city, and you might be able to get one. I'm working on it. Uh, yeah, runs. It was called the Osprey, and uh, the previous captain, the one that had worked under the Kinclay family, died a horrible, mysterious death. Suspected foul play from uh, Aramina's point of view, but it did start some rumors that maybe the ship was haunted, and seeing an opportunity there. Kikleth wanted to make sure that that rumor held true and that nobody else would run the Osprey. And then that's where the rookery came in. <sighs> so we ended up tracking down this captain, getting her rocks off in the uh, red light district of the docks. Mm-hmm. And tracked her down to just this little shack, uh, by the, shack by the docks. She had two of her elite officers, you know, standing outside to stand guard. And I can't remember whatever, like, I know that Mirage had set himself up to, like, just, like, straight Ginsu, the, uh, 
the exterior guards. Yeah, he had um, set himself up on a rooftop across the way so that he could slide down and land next to them. Copper said he and Copper said he was taking the shot at what was it? Was it seven o'clock or eight o'clock? The exact. Time. I can't remember the exact time, and Josh is going to tell us next time we see him, and he is going to laugh in our faces. But that that just remember that Copper named a time that he was going to shoot, and that'll come around at the end of this score. Um, so we ended up finding her and Finch came down another alley, uh, separated from everybody else. And so I'm like, all right, time to go ahead and put this character through its paces. Let's go ahead and see how this attune shit works. I'm going to go ahead and attune to the ghost field. I'm going to try and compel a ghost. Well, Finch rolls quite a few dice. I pushed myself, of course. I mean, cause who wouldn't? And this was the beginning of the legend of Finch's legendary attune rolls because I believe I double crit mm-hmm. on this attune roll. So there's normally not double critting in this game, which so a crit is you roll when you're rolling your dice pool. If you roll two sixes, that's a crit. Well, our benevolent game master, once again, benevolent, thank you, thank you. You're welcome. We, uh, whenever we roll multiple sixes, so if you roll three sixes, that's considered a double crit. You roll four sixes, that's a triple crit. Which means it essentially makes your effect even even more better, exponentially so. And so I double crit, so how he played this was that I summoned two ghosts. And they were a little bit better. I'm like, okay, cool. So they're ghosts, so they can just go through you know, solid objects, right? Yeah. Alright, I want them to go through the wall, and I want them to start fucking up that captain. Uh, a point of order. They can't go through solid objects a lot of times, but what they can do is go through small openings. And it was a shack. In the red light district of the dock, so so yeah, ramshack, ramshack. Well, sure, large enough for a ghost to squeeze yeah. through. And so we already knew that. Okay, this is Leviathan Hunter. They're going to have stuff to fight supernatural. So I'm not expecting my ghosts to like so much do work as far as like kill her. But I'm like, okay, they need to at least you know get her to try and come out. So that way, my strong people who hurt people with their knives and guns and stuff they can do their thing so starts fighting she ends up coming out um i believe mirage has already taken out the other guards and then we end up squaring off with her she takes out the ghosts and the other guards uh and the guards help before they're taken out and we end up fighting and we get her and i can't remember who who did the killing blow to her but she goes down we get her kill her well, Finch remembers, well, Iramina said we need to make this look horrific. Sure, a uh, mangled body outside, you know, outside of a whore shack in the docks. Yeah, that's kind of scary, but... So, I'm like, what would a whisper do? Oh, let me try this compel ability again. So I tune to the ghost field to try and pull her ghost and compel her ghost. And I believe I either double or triple crit. On that attune roll. Some ridiculous roll. I, I did, it was at least a crit, at minimum. And so Chris allowed me to draw her ghost. And I said, and I, and all the only thing that Finch said was, you don't look dead enough. And that ghost then proceeded to take its spiritual blade and begin hacking into its corporeal body. And that was how the blue coats and other citizens of the streets found this captain. Getting chopped into pulp. By its own ghost. First session, best session, dude. I'm telling you. <laughs> that is Finch's claim to fame. Well, it was one hell of a way to make an impression on Lady Aramina. 
She she was more than pleased with the outcome, and r- rumors quickly spread of the haunted Leviathan Hunter ship that is currently still docked as procedures are gone to make through that it is it is safe to sail. And I believe with the end of that score, we got enough. That was when we got enough experience to get her as a patron. That is when you acquired her as a patron. Yeah, yeah. It's sitting where? Currently sitting in the docks. Fantastic. Um, he just gave our talkie guy intel. <laughs> intel I wasn't there for. I love it. And then moves on to the next job. Job number three. It was against then Edlin Strangford. And this is when our two Skullblenders joined the, joined the crew. Keeping in mind these two Skullblenders never fucking met each other. They yeah. just showed up and went, Oh, you're bigger than me. Well, ladies first. And Hammer did the whole right and threw him in for a second. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that is when Hammer and Obscure joined the crew. Um, Irmina had uh, called the, or yeah, Lady Conclave had called the party, the crew, mm-hmm. to her manor with uh, with another job. This time, there was a, Edlin Strangford was to be, um, was to receive a promotion to Major General of the Imperial Navy. Or of the Imperial military. Um, I mean, we didn't ha- let it happen once. Yeah, the uh, the reason why, or the reason given why uh, she wanted hit this man dead was because he had previously killed Irmina and her brother Roth's older brother, Laudius, in a sanctioned duel. But, looking into the duel itself, it seems like there may have been some tomfoolery that occurred. Uncle... No, foul, foul play. Foul play. Birds? Uh, That's murder play. So she asked oh. that, um, that this Edlin Strangford be murdered for the for this offense. And after a short conversation, the crew agreed. But on their way out, they were approached by Roth that they had previously met, and Roth had a counter offer. That he would pay more if the crew could set it up to where a duel would occur and that he would be the one to duel Strangford. This is when it, all of our crew decided we're going to start tra- trying to use all of our abilities. And he also requested that his sister Irmina not be made aware of it because she had she was the head of the house as it was. And she had made her displeasure at this idea known. So it brought up some potential drama between them and their newly acquired patron. But they decided to go forward with that plan. You know, damn well we did. We want that money. <laughs> it wasn't even about the money. It just seemed a lot more entertaining. Yeah, it, was, it was really fun. <laughs> it was hilarious. After a uh, series of gather information rolls... They uh, found out that he was throwing a party at a at his manor in Brightstone. Not King Clave. <laughs> Not King Clave. Edwin Strangford's manor. Edwin, um, I'm gonna get strangled, Ferd. Yeah. And having a newly ac- having a newly acquired slide in the party uh, was able to work up some fake invites. For certain members of the crew that had a bit of a reputation within the higher ups of the city, anyways. And the crew got new duds. Except True. For, except for so many. Finch. 
Well, I mean, Seth, Finch got new duds. But you got you got new ones. You just didn't put them on. Yeah. Finch the, had a certain slide that he wanted to keep. The slides intro was getting everyone badass clothes, which I believe are fine quality. No, they were tier plus one at the time, so still above our tier. I think they were fine clothing. Yeah, it was fine. Clothing. I don't think you guys have quality clothing. Did I? I'm pretty sure when I rolled it, I got like enough for a couple events, and they're just in a closet in his freaking room. <laughs> yes, you have a you have an outfit for each of the crew members, just sitting in a closet in case it's needed. Yeah. That was that and they're was pretty. The, and the Strangford. That was when I finally learned the uh, shadow ritual. That was you had developed this shadow ritual, a ritual that you can perform during downtime, or as a prep action. One of the prep actions that I give you guys for free. Mm-hmm. Um. To spend stress during downtime, so you're walking into the score with more stress. Yeah. But it can be activated to give a a decent amount of time, but still temporary bonus to any prowl rolls to remain hidden, as the shadows cling to your body and darken your silhouette. Essentially, the it's, it's 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 my version of pass without a trace. Yeah. Not because rituals, rituals you make yourself, and you go through with the uh, storyteller to. Uh, Essentially, set the effect of it and set like what the cost, how much time you're going to have to vote into it, what the stress cost is going to be once it's made. There's a lot involved, and there's questions in the book for, for collect. Yes, there's a whole the, creation. I mean, process. that's how we made because I also made the lockdown ritual later on. That's also what we did whenever I made my uh, certain plague samples. Which I'm a little sad that because I was making something so basic, I didn't get the questions. I need to come up with something else for that sword. But party. Yes, so back to the party. Come to the sword. With your newly... I, yeah, I only brought that up because we actually split ourselves, where yeah. one was yes. actually going into the front, and others of us were sneaking in through the back. The, yeah, old, the age through old... The, through the second floor, actually. Four yeah. people through the front door. The age-old plan of split the party was enacted. Hell yeah, it was. It worked amazing. Uh, I mean, I traumaed out, but whatever. Yeah. Still worked amazing. Yeah. As it happens. Does um, it? Of course it does. Obscure doesn't it, it know what you're talking the, about. It was one of the times that I wanted to trauma out. There, there's been one time where I did not want to trauma out, but I did it to try and help the party, and then something else happened, and it was worthless. The crew split into two groups. One yes. group infiltrated from the uh, the uh, back door. Yeah, I was going to say the the back side of. We the essentially man, went on the side because there was a canal next to there the was. house, which were when we found the guards on the side, and we aced them. Being assassins, no bells. We just dumped them into the canal and the eels took care of the rest. Yeah. Think, um, think Cthulhu whenever you think water around Duskfall. Yeah, you don't want to go swimming in the canals. No. So, <laughs> I'm perfectly fine with it. Um, the other group decided to walk in the front door with their invitations and Fancy try to clothes. see if they can identify and find, because this was a masquerade. So they knew who they were looking for, but trying to find the person exactly in a sea of masks was a was a task that needed to be accomplished. I can't even remember why Stealth Team was stealthing. I think we were just trying to you find... You want to know like why Stealth Team was stealthing? We were trying to find like other information or something on them. You or? were trying to get Roth into the building. That's right. And we got him in through the second floor. You did. And Luckily you for you... Luckily for you, he has decent finesse and prowl, so hey, he wasn't welcome. a hindrance. You're welcome. Well, I didn't get any. Yeah, I gave you the uh, ghost radar. Oh, the watch? Yeah. That you took back? No, I gave it to you. I still have it? Oh, yeah, I have, yeah the, have I have it. the ring of ghost walk, which is in my cane. Hmm. Proceed. <laughs> but as the plan went forward, 
a series of events happened either through from the stealth team moving around on the second floor or trying to get to the second floor or the the group inside the dance hall mingling with the crowds. It was it was it was the swap with uh, Roth and because how we had it was that Copper was going to was the one who issued the challenge to Strangford and then we swapped because we had Roth dressed the same as Copper and they were essentially the same build. And so since it masquerade it wasn't known that uh, it was Roth. So we, and so there was some stress spent on doing that. I can't remember what it was that I know that already doing the shadow ritual for Finch gave him too stress, but there was some other stuff that I pushed myself on. You you pushed yourself because there was a ghost. Uh, because you uh, you had gotten a ping that there was something going on here in the ghost field, and you decided to attune. And I believe you pushed yourself to try to give yourself an extra die, or you resisted a consequence, I think is what it was. That was where my past clock started. That was. It was, because you, the consequence you resisted was when that ghost popped out of the chest you were looking in, to get that ring of ghost walk. Yeah, you resist a consequence which gave you a decent amount of stress there. Yeah, I thought I resisted it fine. I can't remember. I don't remember, but, but this but is either, where... Either way, I remember that eventually that this is what started my past clock, because... I ended up stra- I ended up traumaing out, and I I think it was in a tune, and I think I ended up critting on it, even with traumaing out. But it did activate my past clock. Which... It's true. That is correct. And um, because the uh, crit that you got is that you recognized somebody at the party that was trying to keep themselves yes, hidden, yes. or at least unnoticed, which we all know now. And I spotted that motherfucker. Which, as we all know now, was Scarlock. Oh yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, there was something. Oh, we figured out who, who he was dressed as, and then Copper started doing a dance with someone. I think it was Iramina. There was a dance where, uh, there was a dance that was happening, and during the dance, that was when the swap happened. Copper spun, and as he was whirling around, he traded positions with Roth. Yeah. Being a, a master duelist was able to jump into the dance just fine. Exactly. And yeah. luckily, be, being a masquerade and copper being a Takarosi, is able to replicate the horns to sell. Because he's wearing a mask and he just put the horns on the mask. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's funny because when the challenge got issued, was when me and Tree figured out we can introduce lore for an XP trigger. Yes. And we started having to deal with the whole this place doesn't have any honor when you're challenge to a duel are you actually able to decline it and then tree saw what i was doing and went huh they don't have honor here it's like right apparently this place is just full of bureaucrats with no nuts i guess this place really shouldn't have one and then all of a sudden fucking was it strangford strangford having currently or recently served during the unity war did not like the idea of these two skullblenders impugning his honor, and felt that he must accept the duel. <laughs> the slide did his job. He fucking picked a fight. And then Roth finished the fucking job. Roth did. One thing that uh, of note during the duel is it seems like Roth took some hits intentionally. Just to make it look Minor like... ones. I had to make it believable. Yeah. He took some hits intentionally, and as he delivered the fatal blow, he... The mask fell from his face, so the party goers knew it was Rothkin Claith who delivered the blow. Which came as a shock, because most of them, most of the party goers had no idea that King Claith would even be there. Yeah, <laughs> that was a good day. 
The funny part is for like the side notes and stuff. Another successful mission. Another successful mission. But the side notes were just the shit because I took getting clawed by Aramina damage. You did because she was not happy to see Rose there. And the fiance or wife of Strangford took I got stolen from damage by our lovely friend Mirage. <laughs> When, when the description for loot is two handfuls of anything, you're good. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep, that was where Finch got his first trauma. That was. I know that Mirage Mirage got a trauma, I think, on the first uh, mission before oh, Finch yes, was he there intended, because he intended to. He intended to. I, I had intended to eventually trauma. I didn't think that it would be this being this, uh, this session, the second session of Finch, but it just... Part of the game, you it, embrace it, the danger, and 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 it, I feel like it worked out. Yes, because I'll get to why later. Well, Irmina would pull back a little bit, not offer as many jobs. She would offer a job later, but she was upset. I will save that for when we get to that point in the job yeah. list. Which the next job that was when we were like, all right, we're let's be ballsy. Yeah, newly newly freed of any previous obligations, and with an entire city at their disposal, they decided, Fuck forget the about the city, yeah. we're going to the part of the city that got left to the Deathlands, the Lost District. Which, that came up because Mirage, Nick's character, really wanted to go out there because everybody just left. That means there's so much coin that just got left. There's I heard, coin. I heard there's a bank. And Finch had already wanted to go out to the Lost District because there was more arcane and spooky shit to be learned from out in the Lost District. Because oh, that is where that is where the Deathlands, you know, overtook what the city was. So, looking into the Lost District and finding records of what used to be part of the city, the crew decided to hit the the uh, abandoned hospital. Willowwood Memorial Hospital. Yeah, that was a good day. They the this was the most daring job that they had made up to this point because leaving the city ha- comes with a lot of dangers. Through some acquire asset roles and some uh, other downtime activities, they managed to get their hands on a vehicle to make the transport out there, a boat that allowed them to leave the lightning barrier without being electrocuted. Which I will get again. This was the first time that everybody got to see Finch in, like, ghost hunt mode. Yes. Everybody had to get very serious with this job, because the risk was great. This is before I was able to talk to demons and animals. Yes. The reward. Making their way through the abandoned Lost District, they had to worry about packs of (laughs) of wild death dogs and wild death seeker crows. As well... As spirit wells, mm-hmm. co- uh, confluences of energy that draws local spirits and other supernatural beings to pull energy from. I don't know. Scary's kind of fine with those. I mean, having two whispers in the crew definitely helped with that because I think that was another creating a tune role from myself as well as Nyx to guide the party through the spirit wells and make sure that we didn't get. Because getting close to a spirit well, you're drawing a lot of spirit attention to yourself, and you're going to get hurt. But making their way through these dangers... Making our way. (laughs) Relatively unscathed. 
they found their way to the partially sunken hospital. Seemed, seemed to be some sort of sinkhole behind the hospital had pulled down the backside of it and making the whole building tilt at an odd angle. But uh, approaching from the backside of the hospital, uh, they they tr- or they trudged their way through some shallow water and found an, an old access door that was partially submerged that they were able to pry open. But in doing so, made enough noise to alert a flock of Death Secret crows that chased them into the building and and made them close the door behind them, meaning that that exit was no longer an available exit. Now, now, keep in mind, we have no idea what the fuck we're looking for. We just wanted to come here. It seemed like the place with the most valuable stuff. Well, this was the place that Finch wanted to go to because it's going to be science-y stuff. It's going to be uh, maybe maybe some stuff because Finch had known about the plague. Finch is like, well, maybe I could use that. Maybe I could find some way to you know give us like a type of poison or something like that to help coat our blades and make it better. Little did Finch know, he would get oh so much more. Which you will get to. Yeah. The, the access door that they had made their way into brought them into the lower levels. What used to be uh, the basement, but had been pulled down into the water and partially, and partially submerged. As they made their way through the water, they eventually found their way to the old autopsy room and an old records room. In Which... the records room, they found samples that were still... Sealed and contained in these glass jars. That record room made made obscure so happy. Oh man! I mean, and, and me not really knowing what's important. I'm just as Finch and like Finch, kind of the same way. I don't know what's important. I'm grabbing vials of sludge. I'm grabbing femurs. I got a head in a jar, and then uh, I found some. I found some plague. Uh, some plague notes that the doctors were working on in the hospital. As well, what it was was the plague hit so hard in this district and they couldn't keep it back that this district was essentially just left to the Deathlands and then the lightning barrier brought back to the rest of what is now Duskfall. Um, so Obscure had grabbed a, uh, a file that had a bunch of nobles names and stuff, which Finch has now. But uh, it kind of links certain nobles to some of the plague research that was happening within the hospital. Something that Finch is keeping kind of close to uh, Vest now. Thank you, Obscure. Oh, well, yeah. He's got so much information on noble families from yeah, before. I just, kept, I just kept grabbing. I'm like, we, when we were in the autopsy room, you know, because it's like doubled as like a morgue. It's like we opened up some of the uh, some of the trays. And it's like you see like black sludge. I'm like, that's probably a person. I'm going to go ahead and grab a vial of that. I didn't know. I didn't know. Luckily, I did because mm-hmm. it's helped. You also rolled well enough to not get contaminated by the black sludge. Yeah, I did. <laughs> Small miracles. Small miracles. But making your way back down the tunnel, making our way. as you were heading towards the autopsy room before you uh, started dealing with all this, you saw movement in the water. And being quick to deal with any potential dangers, an assault occurred on this creature, which you noticed or that as it came up out of the water, gravely injured and just moments from dying, you see this large eel with many rows of teeth and very odd-shaped head. And having killed the creature, not much more was thought about it, just a weird creature out in the Deathlands. Let's keep moving. But as you're examining the autopsy room and taking and dealing with potential dangers along the way, you somebody made a roll and noticed that the water was getting slightly higher. Mm-hmm. And that 
a black substance seems to be leaving the body of this eel-like creature and pulling through the door that they had come into. We essentially killed the pet of a demon. Which is funny as shit. She didn't like it at the time. Oh, no. Nobody liked it at the time. But in hindsight now, it's just hilarious. It's just pretty funny. So, fleeing up the stairs, away from the rising tide, before they were completely submerged, they make their way up to the other floors of the hospital, where they begin to scavenge and acquire... I like the Which word. The, this was this was the main this was the main floor like the main lobby area and then also had the records office yes. and then there was upstairs on the second floor which had more of the patient rooms and I believe the pharmacy was up there. The pharmacy was up there. You got quite a quite a bit of useful items. From yeah, there. copper and mirage's great escape happened out of the pharmacy. But a couple things to note happened while you were there. One, you got another notebook from the head doctor. Yep. That had a lot more information for the other, for a lot of the party on what had happened here. Which mm-hmm. Obscure still has. The other thing that happened is one of the, the crew, a certain Finch, was making his way looking around the different rooms and found what seemed like the remnants of a, oh no, you were examining a bed. And as you were examining and getting close and sort of just examining the room, you had accidentally stepped on what used to be an old ring. That, as it flared up in a pale green light, you immediately recognized that somebody was performing a ritual here, long ago. And upon activating it, a horribly disfigured, uh, disease-rattled, humanoid form sprung into the world in front of them. And... Enter Taraxis. Enter Taraxis, a demon of disease and rot. That had been summoned into this area by some previous occupant, but currently by Finch. Now, Finch, what were you thinking in the moment as this thing popped up? I mean, as it popped up, Finch had originally came here with plans of possibly trying to find still active strains of the plague and trying to weaponize it. So when Taraxis came out and... You know, started asking Finch, you know, if he wanted power. Finch ultimately wants power because he wants to destroy Skurlock for his own reasons. Um, and he knows that in doing that, Skurlock himself is imbued with certain otherworldly powers. Finch knows he himself will more than likely have to do the same. And so when Taraxis came out and offered to essentially be Finch's personal patron... Finch's thing was, this is what I came here, this is kind of what I came here for anyways. So Finch goes ahead and he reached his hand out and he shook hands. And in doing so, Taraxis ends up like piercing his hand. And from this, from this, uh, this score on, I could still say Finch has never healed his hand. He has a level one harm of a pierced hand from where he shook hands with Taraxis. Which Taraxis wants him to spread his word, spread his influence, which is spread the plague. And Finch, I would say, has been doing fairly swimmingly about that. So with this new pact formed, and quite the hefty uh, bounty. Which this, this was also where uh, Ace's sugar glider saw, also, that nobody yes. else in the crew had seen. But Ace knew. With their uh, spoils, 
they attempted to escape from the Lost District. And as they were making their way out of the building, and while they were searching, they had kept an eye on the pool of water behind the, the hospital, and it seemed to have gotten slightly larger and slightly larger, and a black circle, or black, yeah, black circle forming in the center of it. So they decided to to make a hasty retreat before something worse happened. Running well, through all the ghost wells. Yeah. Managing to avoid most of the uh, problems through um, less stealth and more just... Politely asking people to move out of the way because Obscure had them to believe... Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. While going a full fucking sprint down the street. The uh, crew made their way past these dangers, but the ramifications of what they had done in the hospital followed them as a undulating mass of eels came pouring out of a nearby street. And with them came a rather... Great word, undulating. Undulating. I know, great, right? Great one. Undul, 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 undul. Pouring out and spilling into the nearby body of water where their boat happened to be waiting for them. Because Fade, my NPC, is the shit. <laughs> he that stayed is, on that the is the expertest of cohorts. But Fade, start the boat! Fade, start the boat! This is also the moment where a couple other party members met another demon as Satara, the demon of the ocean and of the waters. Yeah, the big void sea that we were talking about? Yeah. Her domain. She decided to make an appearance, having sensed this slaying of one of her creatures. She sprints around the corner and through some rolls to try to distract and dissuade her for a second. Which but, obscure fucking mm, somehow magically fucking succeeded. Succeeded well. <laughs> they were able to make it back to the boat and leave. But this encounter would be important for a couple of the members of the crew. From this point on. But they managed to make their escape. Having witnessed this. Yep. And this was one of the traumas that Finch. That I didn't want for Finch at the time. But looking back on it now it's fine. This <laughs> this was the day that everyone but the Scovelanders traumaed out. Yep. Yes. Everybody traumaed in this score. Except for the Scoves. They were sitting there going what the fuck was that? They were close. They oh. were so very close. Also considering the next score. One more thing that happened. As they were leaving the hospital. Uh. Copper, using a zip line or a uh, grappling hook that he had made, attempted to swing out from the higher floors instead of making his way back down the stairs. Josh would argue he did not attempt. He succeeded. No, he succeeded. Sure, he did. I'll give him that. He, he succeeded. But with the consequence. The consequence was that he would land in the yard of the first Lord Governor of Duskwall. She was very unhappy. That's an assumption that she could make. She watched from the windows, but they felt her eyes upon them. And they decided to uh, say their apologies and make their way out. And they were they were, they were let go. No, nothing untoward happened to them. Mm-hmm. Until they made it back to their HQ, which is an abandoned hospital, actually. Yeah, yeah. Crowsford. I said, I said we would talk more about Crowsford, but Crowsford... Uh, it's one of the central districts, and that's where uh, the Rookery's Hospital is. We have a old, uh, out-of-commission hospital. So it's funny that we went and we raided an old hospital to bring back to our old hospital. <laughs> effectively. Yeah, hey, effectively. You were just restocking. 
And then, you know, unbeknownst to us, kindling the fires of war. Eventually, eventually, as of now, uh, after payoff and downtime of this uh, this score, that's when we get the, the next score. As the charity of the arms of the Weeping Lady, a charity in honor of the First Lord Governor of Duskwall, showed up to ask for recompense for this trespass upon her property. A charitable donation, A charitable donation. To which uh, most of us just said, go fuck yourself. Most of you said go fuck yourself. So I said, most of us said go fuck yourself. Some of the other members decided to take this as an insult that could not be left unanswered and decided to kill most of the messengers. All but one. All but one. How many many people do you need to send a message? Why? And after this encounter, assuming that uh, a message had to be made so that this charity would, would understand... Was that the next score? The it sen- was the next the sending score. sending a message? The sending the message. Yep. Oh, gosh, it is. They decided to locate and infiltrate the HQ of the Arms of the Weeping Lady Charity, which was an old opera house in the Six Towers District. Good times. Look, they insulted us. They tried to come and squeeze money from us when we were already given forgiveness and safe passage, so there's no reason for all of this. Us being the professionals we are needed to send a message. This shit ain't gonna fly. So, uh, having, or they came up with a plan to infiltrate and attempt to deliver a message to the leaders, leaders of the charity. They were able to figure out that there was an underground basement where uh, Mother Nariah, the leader of the charity, Spent most of her time either in the basement or up on the top floor in her office. Bitch got what was coming to her. Actually, to add to that, this is where me and Tree started introducing the Blood Rage lore. Yes. Being, you know, Scovland Vikings, we had no pull on your heritage or background was rare, but heritage. So we introduced blooding. We cut a motherfucker bleed his ass out, and then cover ourselves in said blood. And now, we do that every time we go into combat, which, luckily, it's been a lot lately. It's the benefits of being an assassin. It's the whole benefit of going, alright, cool, we get that one XP. Uh, I can't remember how we snuck in. We snuck in and we got down. We went over a bridge, levels. and then under a t- into a tunnel. No, not this squad. Oh, that's, that's a later squad. But needless to say, no need to get bogged down in details here. Uh, having to make a choice, you guys decided to check the basement. Where you found a sanctum where um, some research and development was being done on what are called holes, which are mechanical bodies that spirits can be placed into. That's right. I remember how we got in. We came in through the back door, found that freaking Did, patch, the, and then we just all went down. The mm-hmm. secret door that is in the, the alleyway that they tried to keep secret, but a really good gather information roll revealed to it. Yeah. Nothing quite like going 50-50% chance. This we is, were wrong. This is actually a good, because we never talked about load as far as going into a score with load. And this was one where, okay, so we found the, the uh, woman and uh, there was a Scovelander who our Scovelin boys really don't like because he was a traitor in the war. Yeah, he fought for Duskfall. Okay, yeah, so our, our Scovelin... Traitor's a hard word. No, it isn't. Our Scovelin boys don't like him. 
Um, so I can't. Did we? Did we fight with them or no? no. Because you guys chose the basement, and it was the it was the wrong fifty fifty. Yeah, we chose but right. We did she find their there. workshop. We did, and so this is where load comes in. Okay, so every score you pick a load. And what load is, is stuff that you can possibly bring with you. There's a list of it on your character's play, uh, on your sheet. And um, so, like, three load is light, so you don't look like you're up to anything. Uh, five load is normal. It looks like you're packing. You might not be up to something, but you, you look like you're, you're holding on to something. And then heavy load is six, which you're, you're armored up. You got a big-ass sword on your back. They, people know what you're coming to do. Three um, gangs in New York. And luckily, once again, with us being assassins, we have something called assassin rigging, which gives us plus two more load. So how I normally run is I run a normal load, which is five, but getting the plus two from assassins rigging, I actually get seven. And I still look like I'm at normal load. Now, I hadn't used a lot of my load, and there is something on the equipment list called demolition supplies that costs two load. And I'm like, I didn't bring anything else. I marked two. I brought demolition supplies. This is a workshop, right? This is yeah. a workshop. Yeah, this is a workshop. Okay. Uh, it's also subterranean. Finch has no idea how to use demolition supplies, but he's going to wreck it. And we we set up a bomb at the bottom and somehow timed it well enough. We did not kill her, but she came down and she got fucked up. She nearly died because afterwards, after the score, uh, Chris did a fortune roll, which is how you sometimes determine the luck of the draw kind of uh yeah it is it is to determine the outcome of things that the pcs are not directly connected to yeah we were connected but not directly resolving yeah we we were connected but we we couldn't be there to time the result the result which is how that fucking traitor somehow lived yeah he lived just fine but she got fucked up she Uh, almost died i wouldn't say just fine He, he was, he, missing, he was body missing an arm. He was well, missing an arm, but the shit, she couldn't walk, I think, the next time we saw her and shit. You didn't see her walking, and you also didn't see her face. Yeah. Probably because it was burned so bad like fucking hamburger meat. But, with this message sent, having destroyed their subterranean workshop and making their escape and injuring the two sort of heads of the charity, they decided that the message was sent and they went on to do other scores. And see, this is going to come up later that Chris is going to keep saying, we just left them be. We sent our message. You did. We, what more needs to be said? Oh, I'm just saying. The, the point, message was sent the and then you were waiting was not for not to kill They me. took the wrong thing from the message. Well, let's say that. Okay. We'll get to that. We're, we're getting there. The point of it was, we can kill you if we want to. But they took that at personally. Super successful. I don't even think, I don't think any of us traumaed out on that one. Because I'm trying no. to, I can't, I can't remember where I got my third trauma. Was that the reserve? Was that the next one? Or was that dealing with... No, it wasn't dealing with the crows either. But I, it had to have been one of those two. No, you got one for the path you're walking. You just get one. Oh, okay. So that's why I got my third. That's right. Yeah. Uh, so then that moves us on to the next job, which was the Duskwall Reserve. They yeah. decided to go back out to the Lost I mean, fuck, we, 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 we were successful the last time. We got some good coin from it. We got some good intel. This, I, this Finch is making plague now. Because um, I think I even spent my downtimes and finished my research to at least have the... Uh, well, I started with the Diminished Plague, but about this time is when I am making the more virulent formula. Uh, 
Uh, the entire time, Obscure's been... he He's got a clock that I like to call my web. Amassing an army. Oh, you have no fucking clue. I'll tell you. Cause, I, have, I have some clue. Oh, do you? Where mm-hmm. he's getting an army to spread out to get all of the information he needs to blackmail every single noble and take over Duskfall. And then implode it. Yeah. I mean, now I'm pretty you sure there's others that are... Uh... Trying that too. I'm interested to see who wins that rat race. Oh, it's definitely a race to the finish. Hence, why Obscure is I like to building through the finish because you know people will always stop at the finish line. But you know, if you go that little uh, bit extra, you need oh, no. to follow through. Yeah, follow this through. this finish only starts something funnier because the way that I see this happening is the best way to implode Duskfall also helps out Ace. So, like Tell we, me I'm wrong. Like we said before, when Mirage came, originally came to Finch, was like, we want to go to the Lo- I want to go to the Lost District, there's coin. You know, we had a list of potential targets. Finch, you know, I'm not saying I got my way. Luckily, everybody was like, yeah, let's do hospital first. Well, we had to appease Mirage because the reserve had to be the next hit on. Because, you know, what's reserve? It's money. Oh, when he said there's an a whole-ass bank, Obscure went, that is a... Damn good target. I think we could even go back, because I don't think we got everything. Uh, We didn't. Other people did. I will get to that. Thank you for reminding me. I will make sure to bring that up at the end of the score. Oh, nice. Okay. There there is some information that was given. Some other crew just went up in tier, because they're rich as fuck now. (laughs) So, you decided to make another trek out to the Lost District to check the... uh, Or check in on the old uh, Duskwall Reserve. It was a... Large bank that was abandoned in the Lost District when it was when the Lost District itself was abandoned. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's facing similar dangers of death dogs and uh, similar my ass. Crows. I remember who's on the top of that. Until you made it to the reserve itself, which oh. went worse than last time because uh, we got a ballsy. bad engagement roll led to uh, some trouble right at the very beginning, and Fade having to run some evasive maneuvers while you were in the. Which I I love engagement rolls. We didn't go over that before you get into a score, but you do an engagement roll to see what position you're sitting in, whether you're you're relaxed, in a controlled position, just driving Miss Daisy going on down the road, or you can be like us and be automatically in a desperate situation to where the scene starts out with, oh my God, look out, out, turn to the right, get out of your elbows in my face. (laughs) Basically. That's... We would rather be in desperate because you get more experience points. You do. There, the only downside to that is if you fail, you will fail. It hurts. It hurts. But having made their way to the bank and uh, making their way into the building, making their way, uh, they engaged the age-old strategy of splitting the party. And some of the members went up to the second floor to look around for information and anything else that may have been abandoned. I was say, you gotta specify, we, we split the party for very different reasons. We knew, I split my half because I knew Mirage and everyone else was gonna be able to gank all the fucking money. And I went up top looking for information on who went broke. Can't blackmail a noble if you don't realize they don't have any money left. And I ran into something yes. so much worse. Let's handle the team that went up to the second floor first. Having made their way up there, they noticed that in one of the offices on the second <laughs> this, floor... This was after I got the black tongue, too. <laughs> yes. Uh, there, there seemed to be some sort of strange light emanating from it. And Obscure being the, you know, 
nosy motherfucker that he is, went, isn't it supposed to be dark in here? And decided to open the fucking door. And upon opening the door, you saw this mixture of humanoid and crow. Surrounded by all of the other crows. Yeah, perched in a ramshackle nest out of broken pieces of the furniture in the office and other things that have been dragged into the office through a hole in the roof. This strange, unnatural creature. Whose name I have written. Yeah, surrounded by other crows. Other Death Seeker crows that were staring at him. Just just so for my own gratification, do Death Seeker crows look different? They look like Corvus. Okay, so they just look like crows. Got it. Yes, but they're they're the ones used by the Spear Wardens to find dead bodies. Uh uh Um, uh Through some... uh, Clever use of sway and charisma was able to convince this machismo. Machismo was able to co- convince this creature to let me leave. Let you leave unaccosted, but also to not mind your presence. Yeah, he, we, I swayed him into accepting a gift because they're crows, and it was the only thing I could think of was to pick the shiniest thing in my entire inventory. And offer it to him, and I think his response was to turn and face out of the building. He approached you and plucked the very nice, not, very nicely de- decorated shiny buttons off of your clothes. That's right. I was walking around fucking shirtless for a minute. Yeah, your clothes were ruined, but... <laughs> he left me alone. He left you alone. And while you were searching the office, you found... A key. A key. That just, it looked important, so I took it. Because you always take keys. Hell yeah. I tried it on everything in that office, and if I remember correctly, it did not fucking work on anything in that office. If Resident Evil has taught us anything, it's that this key goes to at least one in 57 doors that is in this game. Possibly even part of a hole that unlocks a door. Well, the funny part is, because by the time we got up there, the bottom crew dealt with their own stuff. Out, Out of game. I knew what the key was for. But inside a game... I wasn't about to matter that. I tried every freaking lock there, and something at the desk made the crow demon upset. You were overstaying your welcome a little bit. Okay, so. was that what it was? Because I'm okay with that. I thought it was something in that desk that Obscure's going to want to go back for. So it lets you know kindly by drawing its attention back to you that it was time to go. Yeah, and the messed up part is now I don't think he'd even let me in the building. It's like, you smell like a fish. Well, <laughs> but with this encounter, ended peacefully. Yeah, if I remember right, I got his name and gave him mine because he asked, and I wasn't going to tell the big demon staring at me in the face, no. <laughs> so I gave him my freaking fake name and left. Fortune favors the bold. It does. One, yeah, of, the, one of the best practices for players is to embrace the danger. And the next time I go see him, we're going to have a conversation. The amount of dangerous shit Obscure does now is way, way elevated compared to at this point when we were doing this. Because I still didn't know how to play him correctly. Like, all I was trying to do every single time was sway, because that was essentially the only thing I had points in. As opposed to, you know, now I can finesse, sway, rock around, talk to everything in fucking vicinity. Yeah. This was base base Obscure going, oh shit, that's a real fucking demon. 
This was where I got the uh, journal, wasn't it? This was. Going back down to the other group, which, by the way, let's just cut this bit right here. How how much time are we at? Okay, at all. So, moving on to the crew downstairs. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Before that, though, because after Obscure got the key and the light kind of dimmed from the other side of the door when he closed it, the only thing on his mind was, I need backup, so he tried to run towards Hammer. Like, he went anywhere <laughs> he thought Hammer was going to be. Well, as you're finding your way down the stairs, the crew that had gone down that way had managed to find a fairly empty basement. They encountered one spirit, but it was pacified, which Fitch took the opportunity to run some experiments on. Uh... I will, say, I will say this. Man. Always keep learning. That's what Always I say. keep learning. I will say this. All of our player development has gone so far in every direction. It's amazing. Yeah. I like the way that people have taken their characters because they've given me ideas or goals that they want to work through. And I see people actively doing that. And that's. I think it was around this time that Finch started changing his aesthetic. Still wears the mask. But started wearing finer the fine clothes. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, like I believe it's just after this one. As far as freaking, you know, all of the character development and stuff, like we got alert. No, a hound trying to be a cult leader. I'm trying to be a freaking demon. You're trying to spread the plague. This went from we're gonna just assassinate dicks to we're gonna fucking rule the world in every possible outcome. Hey, what happens in Lost District falls you back to the city. It does. It's like herpes. Every time. But um, Bottom floor team. Bottom floor team. Uh, Finch, running some experiments on the specified ghosts. The rest of the group found the vault door that had been sealed before the Lost District had fallen. Uh, rumor had it that many sick and dying were put in there to keep them from spreading the plague. Um... Approaching the door, having spent a lot of money on these extremely high-quality thieves' implements, uh, started... Oh, these things were like tier six. Yeah, huh? they were really <laughs> nice. Uh, Mirage got to work trying to unlock this vault, but he noticed that there was gonna that it required two keys to be turned at the same time. Mm-hmm. And as he's sitting there trying to figure out how to make this work, wasn't he stretching? Like, yeah, he was trying to make this work. That's when the second floor team showed up, having run past Finch, who was currently seeing what Plague would ha- would do to spirits. And um, Obscure completely ignoring it, going, nope. <laughs> uh, approached with the second key that they needed. So the tools could be used on one lock, the key could be used on the second lock, and Hammer was ready to spin the, uh, spin the handles to start opening the vault. Spin to win. Spin to win. So with a with a successful roll from all three participants, they were able to open the vault. And in doing so, was meant with quite the bounty of loot that was basically you would just roll to see how many... Um, if you roll the success, you could start filling up your unused load with point for each point of load that you decided to fill was uh, was a coin that was given to the party, which... 
And since most of us are going into the Lost District with full intent of not hiding shit, we all went heavy. We all went heavy, and most of the load was not used, so quite the... You got a good haul. Yeah, quite the haul was made from this. But as they were collecting the haul... Um, oh, I forgot to mention, this is the score where Uncle Ted showed up. Yeah, but it's also, uh, while we're, like, filling up our, our bags and stuff, wasn't this, like, the Rat King kind of enemy? Kind of. A mass of fungus and old, decayed corpses, and... You can't tell me that's not the Rat King from Last of Us 2. Oh, that Rat King. That Rat King. I thought you were going Nutcracker. If you haven't seen, if you haven't played Last of Us 2 or seen anything on it, just YouTube Last of Us 2 Rat King. You'll understand. I remember this fight because people were actually trying to take him down. Meanwhile, Obscure's going, yeah, I'm useless in this, so I'm going to just search everything. The reason why I remembered Uncle Ted is because he has reflexes. So as soon as this thing started popping up, he pulled out his derringer and shot the fucking <laughs> Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. But uh, with their bags heavy, full of loot, they decided to, to uh, retreat from this large and formidable creature. But in doing so, Got the clothes the vault behind them. Yep. And making their way back to the streets and uh, Fade having rolled some... Damn good rolls. Damn good rolls to avoid the uh, vehicle being uh, out of use. They were able to retreat back to the vehicle and make their way out of... The Lost the district. district, once again. Immediate danger. Which, once they made it back to their HQ and started divvying up the loot, this is where the reminder from before is coming in. You did hear reports that the Deathline Scavengers got a recent series of paroles and... What's the word I'm looking for? Pardons. Mm-hmm. And... I do remember that. They fucking raided it and took the rest of the They thing. did. Yep. Because a little look behind the screen here. The, the Arms of the Weeping Lady Charity having eyes in the district noticed that somebody had came and gone into the the bank and made quite the quite the commotion so the deathline scavengers went to investigate it and the vault door was open so they just went in there and collected the rest of what was not collected had to deal with the thing that was in there but there was a lot more of them there's a lot more of them and this is what they do i was gonna say did my little crow buddy help me out just like pocket some shit for me later I gotta go ask him. You don't know. But speaking of crows... I'm sure they didn't go up to where that crow demon was. Speaking of crows, the next job. Yeah. You made a deal with the crows. This was where I finally upgraded my playbook to get Tempest. Yeah, this is where Tempest came in. And I didn't just use it in the this offensive is, way that most people would probably this think is to where, use it. This is the one where freaking Obscure started dumping points in a finesse. Left and fucking right, because he got shot and took it personally. <laughs> yeah, getting to that, the leader of the uh, crows, which being... is which is the lead gang in Crowsfoot. Every every district has like gangs or groups of people mm-hmm. that have a certain tier mm-hmm. and has a certain sway within those districts. The crows are supposedly the lead gang in Crowsfoot at the time. I say supposedly. The crew looking for turf in the area decided to make a deal with the crows. That they would be uh, that they would be given access to uh, part of one of the claims of the crows. And 
Okay, continuing on. Yeah, sorry. Phone ring. Had to had to take that. No problem, no problem. I believe we were talking about the uh, job where you made a deal with the crows for turf and crow's foot. Yes, <laughs> yes, that's where we were at. And, uh, and all it was was the leader of the crows wanted us to essentially be her protection on a bar crawl. But her bar crawl was through enemy territory, enemies to the crows, which is the Dockers, right, I think? Part of no, them. it wasn't the Dockers. It wasn't the Dockers. We were in the Dockers territory. You were in the docks. But, uh, so, it was a bar crawl, and we pretty much just had to follow her around and fuck up anybody who tried to mess with her. It was fine at first, you know, she was just going, being a little, little rabble rouser at certain bars. But getting towards the end of the bar crawl, that was when shit started kind of popping off. Yeah, she had received ominous threats that somebody was coming to enact violence upon her. And being the brash leader that she is, didn't want to wait for it. So she knew that if she went out with a bunch of her gang members, that they may not be so courageous as attempt to do anything. Mm-hmm. So she hired the uh, rookery to follow her around and basically just travel with her. Most people don't know who the rookery is, so if they see her with just some people, they they might feel a bit more brave. So Yeah, th- nobody knows the rookery because nobody's supposed to know the rookery. That's the point. You're not as established as the crows. Um, but during a transit between one of the last few bars... Uh, making her way down an alleyway, uh, Obscure, who had been going around making amends with people that were, uh, that had taken offense to your movement through the area, uh, approached a gentleman only to recognize the barrel of a gun resting on his shoulder as he was shot from a nearby alleyway. And I took that shit personally. Luckily, through a use of armor, he was able to avoid the injury, but it did start off an ambush from an unknown assailant that... At the time, yeah. Bro, it was like Gangs of New York style. Well, actually, no. Actually, our, our raid on the Weeping Lady was Gangs of New York style. Yes. This one was just like, think of a street brawl, dude. Gangs on, gang on gang. Like, not as big as Gangs of New York, but almost there. Because this group had ambushed them in the alleyway, but unbeknownst to this group, that um, some, uh, some cohorts had been brought in. A gang that uh, Obscure had recently acquired at this point. I think I had two at the time. And a cult that another member had recently acquired. Yeah, he had the cult, so I had three. Yes. I had three. There's 36 people on my side, and then his 12. Suddenly ambushing the ambushers, they were able to turn this assault around with, I think, fairly minor injuries as far as the crew was concerned. Yeah, no, I almost traumaed out again on this one, because this, like I said, this is where I finally had Tempest. And I had used it once before we got to this big ambush, because I had uh, obscured... uh, No pun intended. I had obscured the uh, crew's exit from one of the bars with uh, my f- with Tempest you doing it as fog, and then just making a path for them to exit out. And then I used Tempest again in the offensive sort during the ambush. Yeah, this one after Obscure got shot, he started pushing himself and taking all of the desperate actions because he was surrounded. And every point I got during this one, which I think was two or three, all of it went into finesse, and he just started going ham on everybody. 
And this is the one that it was funny as hell because we were sitting here going, damn, Hammer is missing an all-out brawl in the middle of the fucking street. Right. Yeah, we were tree, missing tree Hammer. Wasn't, tree wasn't there for that one. I remember at the end because Obscure is like, Hammer's going to be pissed. <laughs> well, the funny part is because <coughs> when we started doing all the introducing lore and <coughs> fucking blooding and shit, <coughs> this was kind of the point where Obscure went full on into the Scovelin lore. Like, he took off the shirt, he had his sword out, and even because he hates it and hated it at the time, went back to back with Copper, who was on the other side of this fucking war, but was very essential for this fight. And they fucked up a lot of people. Oh, I forgot. This is going to take us back to when Finch first entered. I forgot. I said, remember when I said that Copper said he was going to shoot the person at a certain time? Oh. So while the blue... Lorette were, Colburn, job yeah, two. yeah. When we killed that captain and Finch made the ghost start hacking up the body. So we've already completed the mission. It comes the time that Copper said, while the blue coats are investigating, Copper walks up and shoots her. <laughs> shoots shoots the bloody mess. That's And that's something that Josh always does with Copper with each score. Usually he gives a time and then he's shooting somebody. Doesn't matter. But who. That, was, that was, that was, I forgot to say that during that job. That was, that was a bloody moment. This one yes, was. Which is, I'm glad we got in in that because that that comes up later too. It does. This one was fucking hilarious just because Copper and Obscure were chasing everybody down. This is after we met up with uh, Satara again because I took the blood from the Hive crew that was jumping us and made a big ass Satara symbol on the yeah, wall. Yeah, there was moments during that downtime where uh, conversations were had with Satara after yeah. after seeing her few scores ago there was agreements reached between her and a couple members of the crew about potential partnerships that could arise yep. in different capacities yes. da, 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 da. mission complete mission complete uh yeah having survived the uh attack fairly fairly well Lysa was pleased and decided to uh, honor the agreement and um the crew now holds some turf in crowsfoot yeah, we're, we've expanded a little bit, and Obscure's got his whole web working to try to expand it again, with or without the crew. Which I think is, it's a fun way to just play that web out. It's like, oh, there's an open turf here. I want it. <laughs> but uh, moving on to the next job, job eight, was um, Arvis Morstan who was currently holding a display in a local museum of Scovland artifacts. Having been a member of the Imperial military at, uh, during the war, he had gotten his hands on quite a few of them and was displaying them for the good people of Duskwall. And I took that shit personally. <laughs> well, and Copper brought it in front of the crew because he knew that there would be members who would be interested in it, but also there was something personal that he wanted from there. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, this was also, this was this, this was, well, this, this this was the first mission. Finch started getting into some darker shit, and now Finch has the ability to hurt people really bad. It takes three stress to do it, but they're taking three harm. Yeah, it's, it's a pretty interesting ability that it has, um... 
very special rules that I enjoy, and it's an interesting character development, but I don't want to say much more than that because I want it to come out in-game. Yeah, I was going to say, and with this job we did, I mean, we did, we split the party again for a pincer maneuver. Uh, I think Hammer just bowled through the front, and Finch snuck around back with a couple others. No, Hammer went through... You had we three didn't. groups. Yeah. We did. We had front, front, back, and top. Uh-huh. To cover any potential exits that could have happened. Mm-hmm. Hammer but, had front. He didn't bolt through. He just walked in because he went with Mirage, if I remember right, and he just picked the lock open. Uh, yeah, I think Mirage and Copper went in through the top. Uh, Finch and was it Ace went in the back? Anyway, I don't, I don't, I don't think that much happened on on the on that job. Like we, it went off pretty much without a hit. It went off pretty well. This was also the the big thing to remember about this job is a the artifacts that were taken, yep. <laughs> which were used by certain members for different things. Some of them uh, are still being held on to. No, I gave it back to them. Also. This was a job that um, you guys were also doing because you had acquired a wanted level. Mm-hmm. So to get rid of that wanted level, you implicated somebody else. That's you decided right. to pick Arvis Morstead. That's to right. Pick a fall. We, 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 put, we planted some evidence on him. Yes. I don't remember what that evidence was, but yes. <laughs> that stuff was stolen. It wasn't... Yeah, because I don't think that we planted plague on him. No, we didn't use plague at this time. This was... No. This was one where we planted uh, evidence of all of the artifacts being stolen. Yeah. So we, all of we the skullbenders went we got, crazy. And then we got, the, uh, got some artifacts, and then that was another mission mission accomplished. And then I missed the next one. Well, yes. the artifacts we got were... It was, it was interesting, though, because going through all of it, you had stuff for mine family... Uh, I want to say Hammers, but I actually didn't know his last name. So even if he got something from, if there was something for his family, it was either taken and given to Ulf or just outright sold because he didn't really care. Uh Then Copper got his shit that he wanted and I took a death crown, which that's fun. Which we will get to. Eventually. Shade's going to have a good time with that. But we took so much crap from there and then we... We ended up. That was when Hammer got his fucking trauma, his second one, because he trauma out and then just raged That's out right, that fucking yeah. door. He raged out the window and just started killing people with a glee. But with that mission accomplished and having uh, acquired these artifacts and uh, the item that Cop- Copper wanted, and framing this man for some of your previous crimes, you lost your wanted level and collected a decent amount of money from that. And a. Uh, not cohort, a plus in dealing with one of the gangs. Yeah, with Mr. Oaf Ironborn. Um, this leads us on to job number nine, which was uh, helping Gigi. This is the mission where she came in. We were missing uh, a few members of the party at this time. Um, but she had a request through the Red Sashes, who the party was trying to get into a better position with to learn some of their sword styles. And um, Gigi had offered a mission to the crew to um, strike against the Lamplacks, and particularly the leader of the Lamplacks, Bazo Baz. And through uh, some negotiation and some release of information, you 
figured out that he had um, killed someone close to her and had lied about him participating in that and was attempting to uh, keep her on his side and basically use her. Um, She did not take kindly to this, so she reached out to the Rookery to help her get vengeance on this. Um, Which we did do some... That was where I started... Because the one bef- the, the the downtime before that, when I dealt with Satara, is when I found out I had a fucking pet. Yes, but uh, approaching the Lamplight's headquarters, Mirage during downtime had uh, acquired what he called the escape plan, and infiltrating the the warehouse and making your way up to uh, Bazo Baz's office after taking out some patrolling guards because they were on high alert, knowing that something was going on. Because she left, or Gigi left in a in a bit of a huff and caused a scene and, and it injured Bazo Baz previously. Making your way past the guards, you make it up to his office, where an encounter occurred between the crew and Bazo Baz, where um, trying to keep him alive so that Gigi could enact, enact her vengeance. Yeah. Uh, the roles were not in your favor, and he was able to... Don't forget, we also had a side mission for Mirage for this one, where he had to leave a meteor sword in this dude. Yes. And Mirage did it with spectacular form because he left a meteor sword and the sheath in this guy. Yeah, he had to leave uh, evidence that it was the red sashes that were that were uh, that had partook in this, because the white flags and the red sashes do not like each other. Ew. Having uh, oh, sorry, with the rules not being in your favor, the leader managed to take his force his own death before he could suffer any crueler fate. But it seems like he he did it more readily than most people might expect. We weren't. <laughs> but with this, um, that's what I'm looking for, commotion. Yeah. Uh, the, the crew needed to leave. So as they were leaving, Mirage enacted the escape, escape plan, plan. Which was a... Uh, Fucking poisonous bomb. was a poisonous, poisonous bomb that he had spent quite a bit of coin on mm-hmm. to make sure that you guys could get out of this hairy situation. That some bitch was tier 6 too. Yeah. Um, so it turned out it was made with death root and it vaporized the sap from the death root and it, uh, half, after some fortune rolls, took out the vast majority of the lamp blacks. I believe to the point ruled. where there was like single digit survivors of the lamp blacks. There was like 110 people. He took out like 99 with a bomb. Yeah. So, uh, the lamp blacks are the, the first of the factions that I need to take a, uh, white out, out to. to. Because they basically don't exist anymore. Rookery ain't nothing to fuck with. <laughs> so Hey, they hired us to do a job. We're going to do it. Gigi got her revenge, not in the way that she was expecting, but it made quite the statement. And with that, Gigi would leave the party for a session to handle some personal business, returning to her family and letting her letting them know, because she comes from a Ruvian trade family, who they thought that she had been dead. Another job successfully accomplished. Luckily, knock on wood, we haven't failed a job. Luckily. Yeah. Gotten uh, close. Job 10 brings back Lady Irmina, who approaches the crew with another job, as recently there's been some break-ins in Brightstone. 
and uh, a couple or a couple attempts have been made at her manner that have, that have been rebuked, but it was getting annoying. So she wanted the crew to look into it. That's right, my downtime action because I was like, I just want to go check on you know Irmina and see what's up with them. We haven't talked to the Conclates in a while. Because this was also where uh, Table's going to find out a little bit more. But I finally found her. You did? And that's not Iramina. Capital H her. Capital H her. Proper her. Proper her. But um, yeah, we found I Finch, Finch her like, oh, there's people fucking around with you? Of course, Lurch, you know, easily dispatches of hooligans. Nearly dispatched of Finch when Finch was kind of trying to sneak into the Kinclaith Manor during this time. But, uh... And by large, it means <laughs> Wester Lamond, their... Their butler. Their butler and faithful servant. Wester's awesome. You're right. But we get the... Finch goes ahead and brings the mission to the rest of the group. And is like, hey, our patron is having some issues with some break-ins. I mean, it's not issues, nothing that Lurch can't handle, but... You I know, know the feeling. she wants us to check it out. So, you know, we did our downtimes. We investigated into it, found out that it was the Wraiths. Who were uh, who were going around trying to find jewelry for this noble who lost some jewelry at that party where uh, Roth uh, had the duel with the uh, Strangland? Yeah, a certain Strangford. associate of uh, Strangford. Yeah, a certain associate of uh, Mirage's who was at present at the party, and Mirage took the opportunity to steal some of her jewelry and recently uh, showed up on the market. Yes, it recently showed up on the market, so she was interested in where the rest of it were. So, she hired the Wraiths to search Brightstone to try to figure out where the rest of them were. Wraiths being idiots, just broke into people's houses. So, broke into yeah, random so, nobles' houses. So, us being the professionals we are, took it straight to the Wraiths' home court, found their HQ, and... Uh, did a lot. I can't remember. We went inside, but what, I can't remember. What, did we like try and find... Infra- yeah, we, 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 we did. We found intel... As far as, like, who had hired him, that's how we figured out that it was the chick that Mirage Rosalind Kellis. Yeah, Rosalind Kellis. And um, fucked up a few guys, and then I believe that Finch and Mirage left a plague present for them. You did, but as you were leaving the present, you guys also decided to kidnap the leader of the Wraiths. I decided that. I was going to say, did we kidnap the Wraiths? Oh, yeah. We did. Yeah. He was on the boat. We have a hostage? No, we had. Oh. You had... He, he's Slate, the leader of the Wraiths, who you were attempting to interrogate to find out more information about. But he has no tongue. But he was unable to answer as his tongue had been removed. Which is why going down in this building that was their HQ, none of them talked to pay homage to their leader. Yeah, I tried to, uh, I wanted to, I wanted to kill him to try and pull his ghost to see if his ghost had a tongue. But, yeah. you, you did that after we killed him because we got tired of his shit. Because Hammer held him upside down and just said, "Fuck it." I don't think. I don't think the. I didn't get a chance letter. to. I didn't get a chance to try and compel. But uh, with that being a dead end, literally, hmm. uh, <laughs> you decided to decapitate Slate and deliver his head as a message to Kellis that these uh, attempts to find the rest of the jewelry should stop. Once again, a message has been sent. We're going to see. Oh no no no! How you... this person reacts. Yeah, did you forget what happened to Kellis? She opened the box and Aramina was there. Oh, no. no. I rolled to see if, oh. if it would happen. Okay. There was a chance that Relth was going to show up and just fucking murder her. I thought it was going to be Aramina. That would have been no. better. No, no. Oh, yeah, no, because me and I want to say Copper were on a rooftop watching it. 
And then she had like a breakdown the second she opened the box. Yeah, she was. Yeah. The Kinclates don't take kindly to. Uh, I mean, they've already they've already had a fall from prestige once. They're not they're not down with anybody else fucking with their family. Not to mention the fact that she's paying for all of one of the current top crews in Crowsfoot to go do some fucked up shit. Nope. And then this leads into the final job. Yep, also, you the, need to white the out last the one that we did. Rates too. Oh yeah, the plague bomb. Super effective. Oh, yeah. Uh, the rates are kind of another faction that uh, is very diminished. They're like half-whited out. They're not they're fully like gone, but goddamn, they're going to rethink their life choices. Turns out Plague is a very effective... Uh, deterrent? Deterrent when paired with scarabs that can blow up a, an entire building. Yeah. Or affect an entire building. Ooh, that's... Ooh. ooh. There's going to be so much fun shit happening with that. But, but yes. That was another successful mission... Which leads us into the one that we just got done with, what, two weeks ago? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. yeah two, two weeks, weeks ago. Two weeks ago. Um, so you remember, so we finished that job, come back from the Wraiths, uh, excuse me, and then learn from the first time. They sent messengers. I mean, they shot the message through our window and they got, they were getting tracked by Copper and uh, every other one of our tracking, because uh, I think you sent... Uh, Wraiths? No, not the Wraiths. The, uh, I was going to say, the they charity. being the arms of the Weeping Lady. Yeah, they lady. being the arms, say, the arms of the Weeping hmm. Lady. Yeah, no, they threw our shit, and then I sent... Uh, fade, not a Fade. Uh, I sent Blur to go Blur. Fo- to go bring back one of them, because I wanted information. Fade couldn't follow him completely, because once it got to a certain point, they had way more security than, they, than we thought, because they were ready for retaliation. Yeah, so what they essentially did was they sent a declaration of war. So they had spent the intervening time preparing for conflict. So Finch got we took it as a declaration. Finch of war. got very serious mode, and this is where uh, Mama Missa came back as yes, Gigi. Gigi returned to find war on the horizon, and uh, Finch. This is where Finch got like really serious and went to the our war room is the old surgical theater in the hospital. So Finch, you know, got everybody up and it's like we got to do something about this. We sent a message. They don't get it. So now. The final message needs to be delivered, and so our declaration of war was made, smeared in blood, all of our all of our blood, and uh, I mean Finch with the pierced hand. It was all like black and red, kind of. <laughs> uh, and we sent it to him, and how we sent it to him was Copper took the device that they used to fire the canister into our hospital, and he took it and he packed it with loads and loads and loads and loads of gunpowder and plague. And so we decided, all right, if it's war they want, we went ahead and set up our next score to be we got to fight them. Because when you're at war in this game, you lose a downtime action. Um, it's very detrimental. You get extra heat. You gain extra score. heat if you do uh, other scores while you're at war. It's just a hassle. So we're like, we're dealing with this right now. And deal with it we did as we decided, once again, split the party. Because we uh, with being at their HQ before, Copper had scouted out that uh, the rooftop could be an easy point of access because there are higher buildings around it. And so the roof team ziplined in from another building while the front team made sure to pull as much of their forces as they could out. And to do this, that... Uh, when we went through the... We gangs of New York style walked up the front. People were trying to get ready to, you know, stand their ground as the arms of the Weeping Lady... Are the militaristic force of a fucking charity. Yeah, I mean, it's so, a charity. So they, they help out the districts. So the people people in that district were 
they were, they were ready to help back the charity. And, you know, the group that was going in the front, walking gangs in New York style down the road, you know, they encounter, you know, there's two blocks that they encounter where they should have just gotten, you know, just rains of bullets and stabbed, you know, everything that bad that could happen to a gang should have happened within those two blocks. But luckily we carry some spare coin and our talker went ahead and slid that said coin to those people. Courtesy of Hammer. And made it through. And so we make it, they make it to the front entrance of the uh, opera house, which is the HQ for the charity. And like I said, Copper took that delivery device and packed it full of gunpowder and plague. And keeping in mind, we didn't know he put plague in there. So when Hammer decided to wield said gigantic fucking cannon, Obscure went in the front and held it like a bipod. Yeah, I, I you know, I kind of picture uh, using Desperado. Yeah. How the rocket launcher uh, yeah, Mariachi has full on does, one leg out, one leg out, just <laughs> held on, on the with. shoulder, and then Hammer goes ahead and pulls the ignition. It did a little harm to you in the process, but it, it looked it's cool. Hot. So. Barrel. That's it. it. But I don't it, care. But Bring it, it on. And sounded cool, so you know it's whatever. But that thing launched into their front window and exploded. And then I did went ahead and used the flashback feature to be like, I've got gas masks for everybody, so that way you know because the crew's not really you know Im- immune to plague, and I won't even say that Finch is, but Finch didn't wear a mask at, at the time. You recently, or after this score, you got the venomous. Upgrade or the venom or viper upgrade. Yeah, for the crew. So now the crew is immune to poison. Yeah, so I don't, we don't have to worry. Which is about funny because now we're immune to the fucking plague. <laughs> Benefits of making a deal with the demon. Amazing. Now we're the only ones in the market that has the cure. We have a cure. No. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck the cure. If you're poisoned, you're poisoned. But uh, <laughs> so. The front team make, starts out with a big bang and the you know, battle ensues while the roof team, we go ahead, we slip in. Uh, that's That was Mirage, Copper, um, Gigi, and Finch for the roof team. The front team was Obscure, Hammer, uh, Ace, and Nyx. Yep, all the war buddies were and, ready to roll. And so while they're fighting outside, Mirage and Copper end up going and finding the uh, Scovelander from uh, that uh, the, our Scovland boys really Orland, want. Orland, Orland, thank you, Orland. And uh, so they go ahead and fight with him, and eventually Copper, using his red sash of martial arts, ends up hanging this dude out of the window for Obscure to later on deal with. And Gigi and Finch, they went down the other way on the walkway, and they found the office that had the head mistress, which Finch almost got speared by a fucking hole, which is, you know, ghosts in a mechano suit. Uh, But luckily, I resisted that, I believe. Armor. Armor, yes. And Gigi went in, and, you know, Mama Missa played Gigi great during that, stood her ground and just, you know, Trying to be intimidating, like, I'm not doing anything, but I'm standing here and not moving. I don't care that you have two holes, because she had the holes that were protecting her go up and grapple her. And during this, it ended up giving Finch a time, because I was playing it off since he just got hit in the armor. He was taking out the armor pad, and, you know, he was about to walk in. But as but I think she, Mama Missa, what, critted on her... Uh, she either critted or she, got, or she actually succeeded without consequence on phasing... Uh, what's her name? Mother, uh, Mother Naraya. Mother Naraya. 
And so she, so the holes grappled her, but then they stopped because Mother Naraya didn't uh, command him to do anything else. And with that, Finch had already told Gigi that if he says to look away, don't look at him. And Finch came in, and I and I did a little monologue trying to get Finch to talk. Finch is socially awkward, so even when he does monologue or say anything, it's going to normally come out kind of weird. And I used that ability that I had used before that... Uh, in the museum. In the museum. And we ended up being almost like a dexterity kind of role, like to see who got their thing off first, because she was hovering over something. Don't know what... But something that probably would have ended up fucking my world up. And I luckily I rolled to where I got mine off first. And what my thing does is... Because the party has kind of heard what it does anyway. So it's... Based on the amount of traumas you have... Depends on what it does. Finch has three traumas. So what he does... What his does... It ends up making the person catatonic. So he was able to flash and make this woman catatonic, put his plague notes, uh, some fake plague notes around her, took what she was trying to like uh, secure and left her catatonic, got uh, Gigi out of the holes and like time to go. And Finch is the kind of person he is very like mission oriented. He's not sitting there trying to loot the rest of the room or anything. He grabbed the files, placed what he needed to place to frame them and started walking out. So the rest of the crew, having uh, managed to fight off and start routing the rest of the arms of the Weeping Lady Charity, because they were down their leader in Orlin Tyrconnell, and the like head of the charity itself was taken out, who was commanding the holes. Oh, funny part with Tyrconnell was once I brought him down and we started essentially torturing him alive to kill him slowly. The last thing I, re- I had to do was... For that museum mission, he had one of the items that I picked up. I returned it to him through his spine. Yeah, a hand axe that he had been holding on to with the Tyrconnell family crest that he returned to the Tyrconnell family. After, after I took his mechanical arm that was apparently blown off in our last little What meeting. I loved also during this was the rooftop team as we were ziplining. Copper was the last one and he wanted to take the line off and go ahead and do like a, like a super swing going down and make it up but I, I, I don't think he critted I think he succeeded without consequence and no he critted that's why he got he the critted, bonus yeah because uh, in that you ended up giving the bonus where a lot of the charity members they saw like the shadows so they thought people were on that side of the building so a lot of their forces uh, so some of their forces split to move over there thinking that an attack was coming from over there and, and that just tickled me because I'm like <laughs> idiots <laughs> it was a good time we, fi- we got rid of them as a threat kind of them as a fucking hole but and we were able to because we were getting heat for the plague it was starting to kind of be linked and what i did as finch being a noble i pulled on my noble background and there is a member there is a commander of the blue coats in the uh brightstone brightstone, brightstone it's commander bowmore commander commander bowmore and so what i did was I did an acquire asset, kind of an acquire asset. I made it to where, you know, there's going to be a fight that's I heard is supposed to happen at the opera house between the Weeping Lady and some other crew. I've also heard that the Weeping Lady may be connected to the plague, though they try and say that they're one for the people and helping. So essentially what Finch did was convince this commander 
to make sure that the blue coats investigated into into the uh, charity a little bit more, and in doing so, it, they found the plague notes and that took some of the heat off of us. Yeah, it was a it was a good resolution. Yeah, which I was surprised it worked out as well as it did for you guys because I was trying to throw some stuff at you that I wasn't sure, but your your dice rolls were just amazing. Like you guys, I don't think anybody failed anything. I maybe had one. I maybe had one thing where there would have been consequences, but I either resisted or I think I, or no, I used armor. That's right. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, you did fail that one. That was a, that was a fail, and then the other one was uh, a partial success. Yes. But, yeah, you guys didn't like. There was only the one fail, and you managed to eat that consequence with armor. Yeah, but, but love, love the rookery, love this system, love this crew. This game is the. It's, Amazing. It's very. It's a lot of fun. It's a great way to get yourself in a different kind of character mindset, because most of the time you're playing the heroes, and you can still kind of play a hero or anti-hero within this system. But I find it more fun to go ahead and let's lean into that scoundrel. Let's lean into that ne'er do well kind of thing. You don't. You don't get it as much unless you're actually playing a specific campaign like that in you know D and D. But oh, this has gone, this has gone on a while. This is a just, oh no, those, I did it again. Those of you that are that were that have been wanting longer episodes, I hope this I hope this uh, you know uh, satiates that appetite. See, stop inviting me back. I make things go too long. I, I might, I might keep inviting you. You're helping fill out the time, man. Because this is it's, <laughs> it's been great talking with you. This has been fun. Um, so glad once again that you know you were one of our first guests and we were able to get this one out there and you know this will help us you know figure out maybe a little bit more of a format to maybe cut down some time but i figure most people are listening to this on commutes or you know while they're busy doing shit so you're welcome for giving you something to listen to (laughs) i know ryan's happy ryan loves long podcasts yeah but this is Thank you again for coming out. Thank you for having me. Demon, as always, thank you for being here, giving your insight as well. And it's been fun talking about this, but we should probably go ahead and forge on because it's getting late and you guys have probably heard enough from us, at least for now. Till next time, travelers, keep forging. Peace.